Greetings to all our listeners from the Ganawage Mohawk Territory on the south shore of Montreal and from the Quebec Native Women's Organization. My name is Sherry Osnaawi Jacobs and I am your host. I am the Digital Information Coordinator on Family Violence in an Indigenous Context at the Quebec Native Women's Organization situated in Ganawage, Quebec. This podcast is the 10th in a series of bilingual podcasts on family violence in an Indigenous context. I use the term family violence as domestic violence, intimate partner violence, or conjugal violence affects the whole family and not just the victim and the aggressor. The goal is to help spread awareness about the concept of family violence that includes elders, children and perpetrators, as well as to highlight organizations and resources that help victims, family members and concerned community members. The website sosviolenceconjugal.ca, all one word, is an excellent resource for learning about and coping with family violence. And the website is available in 28 languages. And they have a hotline that is in operation 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, as well as a chat feature. SOS Violence Conjugal has been in service for 35 years and they are the gateway to any service needed, such as Indigenous women's shelters. Their number is 1-800-363-9010. On our Quebec Native Women's website, you will find the Nonviolence folder under the Files tab, where there is a drop-down menu and the Nonviolence folder is the second option. There we have a toolbox with several materials that are designed to equip workers who work with Indigenous women, girls, two-spirited people, and families in abusive situations. You will find resource directories, awareness tools, campaigns, and educational materials for social workers and Indigenous women shelters alike. To receive free printed material or to contribute to the toolkit, contact us by email at material at fact-qnw.org or you can call 450-632-0088. In this episode, I will be discussing 14 criminal offenses in context of intimate partner violence. With permission from sosviolenceconjugal.ca, my source of information is articles found on their website. Before we begin, if you or someone you know is a residential school survivor, you can access Emotional and Crisis Referral Service at 1-866-925-4419. There is also the Hope for Wellness line at one 855 2423310 So let's begin 14 criminal offenses in context of intimate partner violence Intimate partner violence IPV takes many shapes While all forms of IPV contribute to the hold that a partner has over the other and that they all have significant consequences on the victim not all are recognized in the Criminal Code of Canada First, hard to identify. Stereotypical images of criminal violence, as it is depicted in movies and the very numerous CSI series, can be detrimental to identifying criminal violence in situations of IPV. Just like all other forms of IPV, criminal violence can be very subtle. 
For example, we have become accustomed to recognizing physical abuse when it hits or when it inflicts physical injuries, but it may be difficult to recognize that holding someone's arm against their will, pinning them against a bed, or pulling their hair are also manifestations of physical criminal violence. In addition, although they may appear striking from the outside, it is important to know that criminal forms of violence, like all other forms of IPV, can be very difficult for the victim to identify as being violent. The following are the criminal offenses most frequently seen in situations of intimate partner violence and post-separation violence. Number one, stalking, harassment, calling, texting, or following the victim in person or virtually, incessantly and repeatedly, showing up at the victim's home or work when it is clear that it is against their will, spying on the victim, etc. Number two, unauthorized use of a computer, installing software to track the victim's computer or to intercept communications, activating geolocation functions on a cell phone without the victim's knowledge to track them in real time, etc. Number three, uttering threats, threatening to cause death or bodily harm to the victim or to a third party, threatening to burn, destroy or damage property, threatening to kill, poison or injure a pet. All of this, even if the threat was received by another person, for example, one's children, etc. Number four, sharing intimate images. Publishing, sharing or selling intimate images without the consent of the person in the image. If the victim is under 18 years of age, this constitutes the production, possession or distribution of child pornography, regardless of the victim's consent. Number five, sexual assault. Voyeurism, indecent acts. Touching the victim's private parts without consent. Forcing the victim to have sex without consent. Initiating sex when the victim is unable to give consent. An example while sleeping. Continuing sexual activity when the victim withdraws consent. Removing a condom without consent. Filming or photographing the victim in a sexual context without consent. Sending photos of one's private parts to the victim without prior consent, etc. Number six, physical violence. Spitting, biting, hitting, pinching, pushing, restraining, squeezing arms or pulling hair, administering a drug, medication, or dangerous substance without the victim's knowledge, striking with an object, inflicting bodily harm, or choking the victim pretending to hit the victim, etc. Number seven, human trafficking. Using the pretext of a romantic relationship to exploit the victim, usually for sexual purposes or forced labor, forcing the victim into prostitution or pornography, selling the victim sexual services to others, forcing the victim to perform domestic tasks for others without pay and against their will, etc. Number eight, theft, fraud, and extortion. Stealing property or money. Lying to obtain a loan from the victim. Extorting money from the victim by threatening retaliation if they do not comply with demands, often by threatening to publish intimate images called sextortion or to reveal sensitive or compromising information, etc. 
Number nine, forgery and identity theft. Imitating the victim's signature. Impersonating the victim on social networks. Accessing the victim's personal accounts on the internet. Email, suppliers, banks, social networks, etc. Selling the victim's personal information to a third party, etc. Number 10, kidnapping and false imprisonment. Preventing the victim from leaving a room, vehicle, home, or any other place where they do not wish to be. Seizing or moving the victim against their will. Refusing to return a child at the end of a visitation with the intent to deprive the other parent of that child, etc. Number 11, mischief. Breaking or damaging something that belongs to the victim or for which the victim is responsible. Slashing tires, punching a hole in a wall, tearing clothing, breaking a cell phone or computer, breaking glasses, a cane, a walker or a wheelchair, burning photos, changing passwords to social media or email accounts, or deleting the accounts themselves, deleting documents or the contents of a computer or of another device, etc. Number 12, public mischief. Lying to a police officer or any other peace officer for the purpose of leading them to investigate and charge the victim with a crime. Making a false statement to the court, etc. Number 13, violation of a court order, peace bond or probation order. Refusing to return a child at the end of a right of access, showing up at the victim's home or work or contacting them or their relatives despite an order prohibiting any contact, etc. Tempted murder, murder. Pressing charges. If you have experienced any of these forms of violence, you have the right to report it to the police so that a complaint can be filed. There's no time limit to do so, but the sooner you report it, the easier it is for authorities to prove the situation beyond a reasonable doubt. The denunciation made at the time of pressing charges is the cornerstone of the process and cannot be changed once filed. It is recommended to document the events and obtain the support of a worker who is specialized in intimate partner violence to prepare your denunciation and to be accompanied during the process. In case of emergency, do not hesitate to call 911. To speak with an intimate partner violence advocate or with a lawyer, please don't hesitate to contact SOS Violence Conjugal. Once again, that number is 1-800-363-9010. To ask your questions about your situation directly to a Crown Prosecutor, contact the DPCP Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Hotline at 1-877-547-DPCP or 3727. This service is free and confidential. And that concludes our episode for today. Thank you for joining me. 